The meeting of the Broward County Commission is about to begin. Will all audience members please silence your cell phones? For those viewing from home or on mobile devices, thank you for watching. To stay informed about Broward County government, please visit Broward.org or follow us on social media. County Commission meetings are open to the public. Members of the public wishing to be heard on any agenda item can register one of two ways. Visit registertospeak.broward.org and fill out the online registration form. Or scan the QR code posted in various locations inside and just outside the Commission chambers to register on your mobile device. A registration form must be completed for each item you wish to speak on. If you have trouble registering digitally, visit County Administration on the fourth floor for assistance. All speakers must appear in person. No further speaker signups will be accepted after an item has been called. Please show respect for others and refrain from making impertinent, slanderous remarks or personal attacks. Boisterous behavior, including applause, booing, and cheering is not permitted. Thank you for joining us. The meeting will begin shortly.
All right. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll take your seats, please. We are now going to call the order of the Broward County Board of County Commissioners meeting this Tuesday, December the 13th, 2022 at 10.02 a.m. I think that's a record that we started that early. Anyway, I'll ask you to please rise uh, for the Pledge of Allegiance that will be presented by Commissioner McKenzie, followed by a moment of silence, which I'll talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll please remain standing. It is customary that we observe a moment of silence to honor those notable persons from our community who have recently passed. So we're going to start with the commission. Commissioner Rogers, do you have anybody to recognize? Commissioner Furr? Commissioner? No. Commissioner? I just want to um, just say that I want to provide uh, just two unspoken prayers for a couple of our colleagues on our dais here today. So also want to honor all the brave women and men, of course, who are serving and continue to serve our armed forces both here and abroad and thank them for their service. Let's have a moment of silence. Thank you. Thank you. you may be seated. Again, welcome to our commission meeting this morning. Thank you so much for joining us, those in the audience here today. Uh, the music was uh, brought to you by myself, and uh, after Commissioner Ryan and I had a couple discussions about that, uh, Let There Be Peace uh, by Carrie Underwood, and Thank God for Kids by the wonderful Oak Ridge Boys. So today we have just one proclamation. Uh, it's going to be provided uh, by Commissioner Furr. It's the Human Rights Day. I'm going to ask uh, Ms. Ellen, is it Feeler? the Vice Chair, Filer, Vice Chair of Broward County Human Rights Board to come join us, along with Dr. Eileen Davis-Jerome, who is also a board member as well. So thank you so much, ladies, for being here today. Um, unfortunately, good morning, good morning. our Vice Mayor Rich is not here, so Commissioner First is going to provide the proclamation. Thank you all for being thank here. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Rich was going to do this, and she's usually much better at this, but I'll, I'll do it anyway, yeah. since so she's part of this. Uh, to, this is for Human Rights Day. Um, whereas Human Rights Day is recognized as the anniversary of the passage of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights to remember and reaffirm the sacred idea that every person is created equal, endowed with inherent dignity and inalienable rights. And whereas world leaders and the United Nations sought to enshrine these inalienable rights into a universal declaration following the atrocities of World War II and the Holocaust. And whereas the UDHR it's short for, you, for that, was drafted by representatives with different legal and cultural backgrounds from all regions of the world and proclaimed by the United Nations General Assembly in Paris on December 10th, 1948, as a common standard for all peoples and all nations. And whereas the UDHR sets out fundamental human rights to be universally protected, which has since been translated into over 500 languages, and the UDHR is widely recognized as having inspired the adoption of more than 70 human rights treaties since its adoptions. And whereas the ideal of universal human rights inspires the millions who march, fight, and sacrifice for the innate liberties that every person deserves and the courageous people standing up to abuses of power around the world, speaking out against violations of their fundamental freedoms, 
And whereas the voices of religious, racial, and ethnic minorities, women and girls, LGBT communities, persons with disabilities, and pro-democracy defenders and activists who are too often targeted by violence or denied equal protection under the law must be amplified. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners in Broward County, Florida, of Broward County, Florida, that the board hereby designates Tuesday, December 13, 2022, as Human Rights Day in Broward County and signed by our Mayor, Lamar Fisher. And I want to thank you all for all your work. Because you. You, you all have done a wonderful job for, for this county for a number of years. Thank you Let's very speak. much. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Briefly, I promise. It is an honor for me to accept this proclamation on behalf of the Human Rights Board of Broward County. In so doing, the members of the board recognize the commitment, the wisdom, and the guidance of our county commission in their support and action in perusing, excuse me, in pursuing and securing human rights for the people of Broward County. Thank you so much for all of your support. We thank you very much, and we really do mean it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Commissioner Furr, can we get a picture after this is done as well? Go ahead. Greetings uh, from Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez of the United Nations. A brief glimpse of statements that he shared with us on December 9th, 2022 for the 74th Annual Observance of Human Rights Day. Human rights are the foundation for humanity and the cornerstone of peaceful, inclusive, fair, equal, and prosperous societies. Among the words that he stated, most notably, unprecedented interlocking challenges. The world is currently facing unprecedented and interlocking challenges to human rights, the UN chief said, such as increased hunger and poverty, shrinking civic space, and a dangerous decline in media freedom and safety of journalists. Meanwhile, trust in institutions is evaporating, especially among young people, while the COVID-19 pandemic has led to increased levels of violence against women and girls. Um, after reviewing some of what was in the proclamation, uh, he went on to say that universality of human rights, we must, he said, remember the 75th anniversary, which is next year, of the landmark Universal Declaration of Human Rights must be an opportunity for action. I urge member states, civil society, the private sector, and others to put human rights at the heart of efforts to reverse today's demanding trends. He said, on the Human Rights Day, we reaffirm the universality and indivisibility of all rights as we stand up for human rights for all, and as a proud um, citizen of Broward County, I salute the commission and my county for all of our efforts in terms of thinking globally and acting locally. Thank you.
By the way, Mr. Mayor, I'm here. Next order of business will be a presentation from Newton Sanyon, of course, the president and CEO of OIC of South Florida. Sure. Sanyon, welcome. Good morning, Mayor, members of the commission and, and staff. Uh, my name is Newton Sanyon, and I've had the pleasure of the last 21 years of serving as the president and CEO of OIC of South Florida. You, you know, I take no credit for the mission and vision of OIC. We're established in 1964 by the late Reverend Leon Sublin. <laughs> who just believe a job is the best social service in the world. Uh, a job is about dignity, it's about self-respect, it's about giving people an opportunity when people actually have an individual question, what do you do for a living? But you can answer that with pride and esteem. And eight years ago, uh, our organization, OIC of South Florida, partnered with you guys, the, the Broward County Commission, to work on an initiative where we leveraged half a million dollars with Department of Labor funding to develop a workforce development initiative uh, that still is thriving yet today. And so today I just come to say thank you and bring you a little bit of holiday cheer and give you some updates. Um, you should know that when we started this initiative, it was first to clean the county buses at the time. There was a great concern about the cleanliness of the buses. And we started that initiative off. And later on today, we started off with about 37 employees. And I want to share with you that there are 97 individuals employed today at $17.56 an hour. That's 97 meals and families who are fed that you may never ever get to see. That's 97 individuals who have on average two kids who get to model and see their parents get up and go to work every day. And so I know that you guys make a lot of tough decisions. Your job isn't easy. And so I wanted to make sure to say thank you and celebrate the success of this initiative. You should also know that during COVID, it was these folks who were cleaning the buses, providing hospital grade cleaning at the Bark Center for those who were having substance abuse issues, making sure that Lottery Hill Center of Transportation also were clean and keeping folks safe while folks were having to go home and work from home. They had to be in the trenches working and they did it without complaint. And so today we say thank you yet again. You should also know that your, this organization and this partnership has won two awards, the first of which an International Economic Development Forum highlighted this partnership and true highlight of economic and, and, and public-private partnership. Uh, secondarily, we just got another award that I can't say the name of the organization just yet, but it's a national social enterprise organization out of California gave out a very competitive award, only three awards in the entire United States of America, and we just won that award. The press release will come out in January. So again, to say thank you, to highlight uh, the success of this initiative, and to make sure that you guys knew how things are going. Uh, but I can't tell the story as good as the three individuals I want to introduce so you can hear from them directly so you can appreciate the value. Uh, the first person I want to bring up is Mr. Calvin McQueen. Now I want to tell you, when COVID first hit, um, I asked the staff to gather folks at the Copen Center for the Graveyard Shift because I wanted to talk about it at the time we were increasing the living wage. Uh, and I got to be candid with you, when I walked in the room, it was absolute silence. And I think people were afraid because of COVID and there were a lot of layoffs going on that they were probably all going to be terminated. So I saw the fear and angst in their voice. 
Uh, and it was quickly they learned that not only were they not going to be terminated, but were increasing the living wage per your leadership and giving wage. And there was a lot of elation and tear. Some wanted to hug me, and there was a lot of COVID, so we didn't do too much hugging. Um, but we were proud to do that. And so first up, let me have Mr. McQueen tell you what OIC and this partnership with you guys meant to him. Mr. McQueen. And he has a bit of a Baptist preacher vibe, so I told him to keep it short. Okay. <laughs> I've been warned uh, to keep it to three minutes, so I'm going to do my best. Uh, my name is Calvin McQueen. Originally, I'm from the city of Philadelphia. Uh, and around 1979, I from high school. I was on my way to college. I had a partial scholarship, but I needed a little more money to, uh, um, for housing. And I come from a large family. I asked my dad for funding, so I left a note on his car, and I said, Dad, uh, no mun, no fun, your son. And I got home the next, I got home that evening, he put a note in my bed that said, too bad, how sad, your dad. <laughs> uh, uh, so my teacher informed me that there's a, a company in North Philadelphia called OIC, and they can give me a part-time job. Well, I went there in a hurry. Uh, it was wonderful myself, and I met uh, Reverend Leon Sullivan in 1979. Not only did I get a part-time job, uh, he, he gave me the difference in reference to attending college. And so 10 years later, about well, 20 years later, I moved to Florida. My wife and I started a uh, catering company, a food truck business. I said, babe, we're doing all right, but we need a little more money. She informed me that there's an OIC in Florida. I was like, are you kidding me? That's where I started from. I came to OIC and started as a uh, worker from a site leader. Now I'm a supervisor of 25 to, uh, to 30 employees. And I want to thank you guys for what you've done for everyone, and more important, what you've done for my family. So I thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, that, was probably about, that was probably about two minutes. Uh, next up, I want to bring up Miss Christina Davis. Come on up, Miss Davis. Now, I'll tell you, yeah, give her a raw plan. <laughs> and so she started out working at really in the lawn maintenance day we have with you guys. And so people think women can't do that work, but she's gone on the transition to a lot of work with us as well. So, Miss Davis. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Davis. My name is Christina Davis. I've been employed at OIC for a little over three years. My employment with OIC has been a blessing, knowing that I have a steady income and a very good hourly wage. Um, that hourly wage and that income has been beneficial to me trying to start my lawn service business. I have experienced many setbacks. It has been very challenging as a black woman in this industry. I didn't, if I didn't have the steady income for OIC, when I fell, that was my cushion, um, I probably would have gave up a long time ago. Um, so basically what OIC employment means, to, employment means to me is to keeping my dream alive of one day owning a successful lawn service business. So I want to thank OIC and I want to thank Broward County and I want to thank God for continuing and contributing to my success and others like me in my community that are trying to do something more than what we are doing today. And last but not least, Mr. Christopher Johnson. Mr. Johnson. 
Very good. Good morning. Uh, my name is Christopher Johnson. I'm a native of Broward County, and I live in the city of Lauder Hill. I have been working for IC for two years. I am currently the lead driver for our bus shelter maintenance project. We removed the trash from over 103 bus stops in Broward County. We also pressure wash the bus stops and spray paint over graffiti. I want to thank you for providing OIC with this opportunity, and I appreciate OIC for hiring me and giving me a second chance. Because of OIC, I certify in tree trimming and flagging. I just want to voice my appreciation for OIC and the opportunity to work. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yeah, so again, just wanted to come say thank you, right? You guys got a lot of tough decisions. It's not always good news for you, but how about a little holiday cheer? This initiative started out again eight years ago. It continues to thrive. Started off with 37 employees. We now have 97 individuals. But I just want to leave you one thing. That's 97 people who have children who are watching their parents get up and go to work. So the net effect is certainly the income that they're making, that they're also spending in this community, in this county. They're also modeling a work ethic that the children get to see for many years to come, and we're thankful. It started off with Bertha Henry, and now with Monica. And by the way, you got it right. It's a pleasure to work with Monica, and we look forward to continuing to doing that. So just wanted to come say thank you, give you an update, and look forward to continuing to working with you guys. Happy holidays. Mr. Sanya, thank you so much. Can we actually get a picture with the, uh, the folks that you brought with your Absolutely. team members that we can have with the commission? I think that would be no right. Sure, sounds okay? good. Thank you. Great program. Thank you. <laughs> we are now under our Tuesday morning memo. We have our reading clerk, uh, Georgina Rivera. Is that correct? Thank you. Welcome. And if you'll read the Tuesday morning memo. Tuesday agenda memorandum. The following are submitted for your consideration. Consent items are 1 through 41. Public hearing items are 42 through 49. Regular items are 50 through 56. I request the following withdrawals and scrivener error corrections and inclusion of additional information. Withdrawals, deferral substitutions. Item number 7, withdrawn for further staff review. Item number 51, at the request of Commissioner Bogan, this item is requested to be deferred. Scrivener errors. Item number 19, motion statement currently reads, in a principal amount not to exceed $62 million. Should read, in a principal amount not to exceed $42,850,000. Uh, Item number 38, summary explanation background currently reads, additionally, the city of Deerfield Beach's revocable license agreement includes an indemnity provision that will require the county to indemnify, defend, and hold harmless the city. Should read, additionally, the city of Deerfield Beach's revocable license agreement includes an indemnity provision that would require the county to indemnify, defend, and hold harmless the city and the Florida Inland Navigation 
district. Additional information, item number two, signature pages for motions A, B, and D have been received. The board's consideration of this item is based on the amended motion C distributed as additional material. Item number six, signature pages have been received. Item number nine, signature pages have been received. Item number 25, the board's consideration of this item is based on information distributed as additional material. Item number 26, this item is listed currently under the BMSD portion of the agenda and should be listed under the Aviation Department instead. Item number 41, the board's consideration of this item is based on information distributed as additional material. Items number 48 and 49, these items are expected to be continued to the January 24th, 2023 public hearing based on staff recommendation and information distributed as additional material. Item number 51 and 51 paren 2, the protest was responded to on December 9th, 2022, and the protester has 10 days from written determination and response to file an appeal with the Director of Purchasing. The Board's consideration of this item is based on information distributed as additional material. Additional material, item 1A, Board Appointment. Item 2, Amended Motion C, submitted by Aviation Department. Item number 24, Memo submitted by County Attorney. Item number 25, Matrix submitted by Finance Administrative Services. Item number 41, Mayor's Proposed Appointments. Items 48 and 49, Memo Submitted by Resilient Environment. Item number 51, Memo Submitted by Finance and Administrative Services. Item number 51, Paren 2, Agreement Between Westmoreland Protection Agency and SEIU Submitted by Finance and Administrative Services. Mayor Request Without Objection, None. Please note time certain item, None. Thank you, Reedy Clerk. Mr. Myers, I think you want to add something for record? Yes, thank you, Mayor. I just wanted to point out that with regard to item 25, which is the uh, recess delegation of authority to the county administrator, uh, there are a couple of items on there that uh, impact Fort Lauderdale Airport. So the board's consideration of that item would be uh, subject to the authority being delegated under that, where that $325,000 cap is exceeded, uh, would be subject to later ratification by the board. So we'd bring back items to ratify that in January. Very thank good. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll move the consent. Second. Oh, we're going to have to have uh, Mr. Myers read the consent, if you would. And, and, and I apologize. I, were there any polls? See, you, you were throwing me away, Commissioner. So, right. so, Can so, I not so, move forward here with that? So, sorry, Mayor. I pulled we, you out of sequence. We are now under a consent agenda item. We're going to go through the commission first. Any polls? Commissioner Rogers, I know. Commissioner Ferdy polls. Commissioner Udini pulls. Commissioner Ryan pulls. Thanks for asking. Thank you. Commissioner McKenzie. I just want to pull the emeritus mayor back so he doesn't confuse you. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get everything pointing forward. Administration, any pulls? There's one pull from the public for item number one. Number one. Very good. Uh, Mr. Melton, any pulls? Okay. Sit. County attorney, any pulls? No, sir. Okay. There we go. So now you can read the And even agenda. though you didn't ask, I don't have I'm any I'm sorry, Commissioner. I uh, forget that you're on the phone. Do you have any polls, sir? No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Now, Mr. Myers, would you read the consent agenda? Thank you, Mayor. Very easy one today. I hope I get it right. It's uh, uh, consent agenda is items 1 through 41 uh, minus item 1, which was pulled by the public, and minus item 7, which was withdrawn. Thank you. Now is our motion to Motion approve. to approve. Commissioner McGinsey moves it. Commissioner Dean seconds. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Passes, I believe, 7 to 0, I believe, with Commissioner Geller on the phone. Thank you. Yes. All righty. Now we're on to consent to item number one. It's been pulled by the public. Michael Karn. 
Michael Carn, please come forward. Good Former morning, Mayor Honor of Oakland Park. Good morning, Honorable Mayor. Uh, in absentia, our Vice Mayor. To our commissioners, my name is Michael Carn, the immediate past mayor of Oakland Park, 2521 Northwest 31st Court, Oakland Park, Florida, 33309. The only place I could think of to insert myself into this agenda was to pull item one. So I have nothing to actually contribute to item one, but I wanted to come up and say congratulations to the mayor and to our new two commissioners, uh, Commissioner McKenzie and Commissioner Rogers, if you will excuse this part of me, I found nowhere for general public comments. I wasn't here also when the rotation took place for Ms. Sapiro, Shapiro, Sapiro, <laughs> to be our new manager and our new deputy, uh, Ms. Campbell. So I just wanted to offer congratulations and say thank you for the work that you do. All the others, I know, Commissioner Furr, I didn't call you by name, but we, we thank you for all the work that you do, especially for the city of Oakland Park. And we want to say have a great uh, holiday season, have a great uh, year of service uh, to Broward County. We appreciate you so much. Thank you very much. Uh, Mayor Carr, we want to thank you for your years of service of Oakland Park. That city is represented by District 4, happens to be me. We've appreciated uh, you. But the growth and the excitement that hey, Oakland Park, yes, right, Commissioner <laughs> McKenzie has a piece of it as well. But uh, yesterday you kicked off the Sky Building, yes. uh, in which you were so part of that. So blessings yes. to you, and uh, hope you continue in your endeavors some way, shape, or form in public I service. I will. Thank you, sir. Thank you to you. Thank you. All right, that concludes our uh, consent agenda. We Motion are now to approve number one. Second. Move and second by Commissioner Furr, second by Commissioner Dean. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 7-0. Thank you. Now we're on our public hearings. Item 42 is a public hearing. The public hearing on item 42 is now open. Item 42 is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolution within the enterprise funds in the amount of $5,714,406, primarily to appropriate funds for prior year commitments. No member of the public has signed up to speak. Public reports are closed. Commission discussion? So moved. Moved by Commissioner Furr. Second. Second by Commissioner McKenzie. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 7-0. Thank you. Item 43. The public hearing on item 43 is now open. Item 43 has two parts. The board will consider and vote on each part separately. Part A is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolutions within the general fund and the Broward Municipal Services District Fund in the, amount, in the total amount of $117,281,093, primarily to appropriate funds for prior year commitments. Part B is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolution within the County Transportation Trust Fund in the amount of $1,102,870 to appropriate funds for prior year commitments. No member of the public has signed up to speak. Public so motion moved. closed. Commission discussion. So Mr. Furr moves it. Second by Commissioner Rogers. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 7-0. Thank you. Item 44. The public hearing on item 44 is not open. Item 44 has three parts. The board will consider and vote on all three parts at the same time. Part A is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolution within the special revenue funds in the amount of negative $12,402,035 to appropriate funds for prior year commitments and to provide additional funding for other programs. Part B is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolution within the capital outlay funds in the amount of 
$7,284,000 to appropriate funds for prior year commitments and to provide additional funding for other programs. Part C is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolution within the debt service funds in the amount of $46,820,188 to appropriate fund balance from the prior year to increase fiscal year 2023 appropriations needed since the adoption of the fiscal year 2023 budget. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. Public portion closed. Commission discussion? Move approval. Thank you, Senator Move Geller. Approval. Second by. I just wanted to say in practice. Uh, all righty, very good. Moved by Senator Geller, second by Commissioner Dean. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 7 0. Thank you. Item 45. The public hearing on item 45 is now open. Item 45 is a motion to adopt resolution pertaining to certain membership, meeting, procedural, and sunset requirements of various boards, amending various sections of Chapter 12 of the County Administrative Code. No member of the public has signed up to speak. Public portion closed. Commission discussion? So moved. Moved Second. by Commissioner Furr. A second by Commissioner McKenzie. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries 7-0. Thank you. Item 46. The public hearing on item 46 is now open. Item 46 is a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to certain membership, meeting, duty, and appointment requirements for various boards, amending various sections of chapters 115, 16 and a half, and 19, and repealing section 16 and a half 92 of the County Code of Ordinances. The proposed ordinance has two amendments that are exhibits two and three to this item. The board's consideration will be based upon the ordinance as amended by exhibits two and three. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. Public portion closed. Commission discussion? So moved. Moved by Commissioner Rogers, second by Commissioner Defer. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 7-0. Thank you. Item 47. The public hearing on item 47 is now open. Item 47 is a motion to adopt resolution pertaining to permit and administrative fees and other charges for film productions, amending section 43.21 of the County Administrative Code. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. Public portion closed. Senator Geller, you want to make this motion? I do. Yeah, I figure so you did dead. It's second by Commissioner Dean. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 7-0. Thank you. Item 48 and 49 were taken collectively. Go ahead. The public hearing on items 48 and 49 is now open. Our final public hearing items are items 48 and 49, which are related and will be opened and considered at the same time. Item 48 is a motion to adopt resolution allocating 10 residential flexibility units to property in the Municipal Services District in accordance with the County Land Use Plan. Item 49 is a quasi-judicial public hearing to consider a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to the rezoning of property in the Municipal Services District from Agricultural Estate to Plan, De Plan Development District. One member of the public has signed up to speak on items 48, and one member of the public has signed up to speak on item 49. Very that, good. Um, thank you, Reed Clerk. I know for the public, we do have one speaker that has signed up. Um, the applicant for items 48 and 49 has submitted a request to the items be continued to the meeting of January 24, 2023. I'm going to, uh, if the speaker, Mr. Stewart, uh, Montag, is it? Montag, if you have the right, if you wish to speak now or you can wait until the 24th, uh, it, you, you can't speak, you have to speak either one. So you can either wait until the 24th or you can speak now, whatever you wish, sir. Mayor? Yes. Okay, is that okay, Mr. Myers? It, it, it's fine. I was just going to mention that, <clears throat> or, sir, if, if he signed up on 48 or 49, I know, which one was it? Do, 
The you, 48 and 49, I understand you both. Uh, oh, I thought there was I thought there was a different per one person. Okay, so 48, uh, no problem, and 49, your comments uh, will just travel with the uh, quasi-judicial proceeding uh, for the next time. And I'm just going to, uh, while you come up to speak, I'm just going to ask uh, Mrs. Scoitia if we need to uh, make any preliminary comments on it because it is quasi-judicial. Very good. And after the gentleman speaks, we'll be asking for a motion for the continuous. Go ahead. I think. The commission will accept personal testimony related to items 48 and 49. Item 49 being a quasi-judicial item. Um, the person wishing to provide sworn testimony must be sworn. However, it is not required to be sworn. But unsworn testimony is not assigned the same weight and credibility as testimony that is sworn. Attorneys licensed to practice law in the state of Florida are not required to be sworn unless they intend to provide sworn testimony. Um, if you could indicate when you come up uh, your name for the record. Please come forward if you would. And, and whether you wish to provide sworn testimony. We just need your name for the record, sir. Hi, guys. My name is Stuart Montague, um, and I can be sworn. That's fine. Ms. Sapero, can um, you have Mr. Uh, sworn in, please? <sighs> yes, what we need to have someone from our records to come back up as we used to do when we were here, so give us a moment. Okay, we'll be waiting for the folks to swear this gentleman in. You solemnly swear, sir, that the testimony you're about to provide is the truth and all the truths. So yes. help you God? Yes, I do. Okay, very good. You now sworn in, okay? We don't have to wait for it. Go. Sir, go ahead, sir. You'll Thank have you guys three for allowing to me to speak today. Um, I am, as a member of the community, coming here to speak out against the rezoning plan for the 74th Street plot. Um, basically, we live on that street. And what the proposal is, is to put $15 million homes on a less than five acre parcel. Now, this area is an acre minimum parcel uh, area, the whole neighborhood is, and every single person that lives in this community is against this. This is the third time that I've taken off work to come to a hearing like this so that I can have my voice heard about this. So when we purchased our property, um, the seclusion aspect of it was a big part of it for us. We're also part of Broward County and we have agricultural um, exemptions there. So we have a very small farm. We have goats and chickens and we've built a pretty wonderful life for ourselves. Um, you know, we have milk from our goats, we get eggs from our chickens. Um, we're very happy on our little tiny farm. They're planning to put 15 what they consider to be million dollar houses less than 400 feet away from my driveway. I have a two-year-old son that we are very happy to have. Um, and from what I've seen, the developers do not care about what the community needs. Um, there are a few things that have already happened, um, like the demolition of the house that was on that property. The permits were pulled for that demolition, but there was no other codes followed during that demolition. There was no fence put up and none of the residents within that area were told that there was gonna be demolition happening. 
I can tell you that on that street, there are many kids that ride their bikes up and down. And when I was a kid, if I saw a house getting demolished and it was left alone that night, I was going to go and check it out. You know, So I can tell you that there are already rules being broken and that the entire community, they would be here right now if they could be. But we've been playing this game of, you know, you have to be here at a certain time. It's during a weekday where it's very hard to be here. I had the fortunate, uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to call off work today, um, get our son to school as quickly as we can and rush down here to come to a city, um, you know, which is kind of out of my comfort zone. As you can tell, I'm not wearing a suit. I'm, I'm a farmer, okay? I manage a flooring distribution center that's been around for over 50 years. We care about family. And what I can tell you is that the developers, what their plan is, is that they're going to have an outreach program where they already tried to divide us into two separate groups. We will not be doing that. We will all be attending this on one day. And then most likely when they hear that we are not on board, they will reach out to members of the community that are outside of our neighborhood. So I don't know if that does that mean just, I have to Just stop? finish up if you can, Okay, sir. I'm sorry. Just finish up. Um, so again, uh, basically the entire community is against this. And I want you guys to understand that no matter what they bring to you as far as, you know, these people signed this or they wrote letters, they're not a member of our community. And they don't, should not have a bearing on that situation. So thank you guys very much. Thank you for your testimony. That will follow the item when we hear it, of course, on the 24th. I thank appreciate you, it. Thank you, guys. I believe that's the only public wishes to speak on this item. So is there a motion to continue the items 48 and 49 to the January 24, 2023 meeting? I'll move to continue so it move. to the 24th. Thank you. I move it by Commissioner Dean and second, second. by Commissioner Furr. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 7-0. Thank you. That concludes our public hearings. We are now on our regular agenda. We have a delegation request by three individuals, Lakeside Park Estates. We'll begin with Mr. Greg Jacobs, which will have three minutes. Mr. Carlos Brito will have two minutes. And Mary McLamara will have two minutes as well. So, Mr. Jacobs, good morning. I apologize, Carlos and Mary McNamara had work obligations today, but I bring Carlos from Florida Rising, if that's all right, to address the commission. I'm going to ask Mr. Myers if that is okay. It's outside of our protocols. It, uh, the folks have to be listed on the delegation in order to speak. That's technically our rule, Mayor. So we'll just stay with Mr. Jacobs at this particular time. Thank, Thank you. Sir. Again, work obligations. You know, every time, I, is it all right if I stand here? <laughs> Whatever makes you feel comfortable, sir, as long as we can hear you. I think this works much better. I am here today to remind the Broward Commission that Trinity Broadcasting is not upholding the terms of their agreement with you. The east side public Wi-Fi has been disconnected and Florida Fiber confirmed, citing the closure as the reason. I have documented and reported multiple occurrences where construction, demolition, and noise occur outside. 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, regular business hours. Several instances since last month alone. This is not full compliance with agreement, to say nothing of making false statements, submitting fabricated cleaning records to the commission, or retaliation against myself for speaking to you. Since November 15th, I have received direct threats from the demolition crew and Almighty Protection, the security vendor. At this time, Trinity Broadcasting acts of ill will towards residents extends to harassment, negligent security, unsafe work sites, code violations, discrimination, threats, unlawful eviction, <clears throat> coercion, and extortion. 
What will they think of next? With all due respect, there is nothing Mr. Katzman, Mr. Baker, or anyone can say that will overcome these facts. How much of this outrageous conduct is to be tolerated? It is time to hold Trinity Broadcasting accountable and file a claim for deceptive and unfair trade practices. The unlawful registration of Lakeside as an RV park when under Florida law it is clearly a mobile home park and other claims against Lakeside related to the closing. Everyone is free to disagree with me, but I think it is time to hold the bumbling billionaire behemoth Trinity Broadcasting that tramples tenants' rights accountable for their outright violations of your agreement, lying to you in false statements, documents, and retaliating against those who speak to you continuously. I would also like to point out that since August, no one from the Commission has responded to this egregious situation. Not offering a response sends a very clear message. Again, I issue my query, where is Mike Everett, the registered agent for Trinity Broadcasting and all this? Well, he's at the head of it. And where are Lori and Matthew Crouch? It is their church after all. With their personal net worth of over $20 million and the billion-dollar valuation of Trinity Broadcasting Networks, they can do a lot better than this for the victims of Lakeside Park Estates. This holiday season, be thankful your family was not one that was torn apart by the heartless and cruel Crouch family. Thank you, Mr. Jacobs. Mayor. Is McNamara, is she coming forward? Or is she here as well? That's it. Mayor. Okay. Commissioner Furr. I wonder if it might be possible to get a hear from we get Mr. Up, Katzman they? or for just as a status of what, because I so know Jacobs, if you'll uh, say put, we're going to get an update on where we are. Mr. Katzman? Good morning. Adam Katzman from the county attorney's office. Uh, so a Did couple weeks ago, I think there was a Hold delegation. On. I'm not sure. Somebody's phone going off or music? Or? All right. So, Go ahead, Mr. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had an update, uh, or we had a delegation uh, here, and Mr. Baker from Lakeside, their attorney, updated you about uh, the progress of the move out. So, December 31st is the date for the Lakeside residents to move out. As far as I know, there have been incentive payments being made. We do have two K two individuals right now where we're seeking more information on why they may not be entitled to the incentive. Uh, as far as that, those are the only two individuals that I'm aware of that have contacted me, at least, uh, that have said that they've had issues with incentives. Uh, I do not know the exact number of residents left. I believe the last time we were here, there were approximately 40 left. Lakeside indicated they had paid out over $100,000 at this point, and they were expecting by the end of December to pay out another $100,000 approximately in payments. Um, it's my understanding there was an issue with some of the water. Sometimes the water is being shut off, and I guess that's when residents are moving out. They're disconnecting their trailers from the water source, which then, I guess, damages the pipes, and, and the water has to be turned off on multiple occasions. I think that's a continuing event that occurs. Uh, other than that, there, there's no other update that I'm aware of. Uh, I've not heard from the State Department of Health on any issues or the town of Pembroke Park. I've not heard from any issues from them or from any other residents other than the, the couple 
that I've talked about, we have had a couple residents call up and inquire about their incentive and what was going on, and we've been able to work with Lakeside to try and get those people their incentives as well as Lakeside has made at times efforts to help them sell their trailers and, and collect money from that as well. Thank you. Mr. Furr? That's, that's, that's it. And, and Mayor, yes, Commissioner. we're going to continue to monitor this. Uh, you heard the December 31st date, but if we're receiving information, and I know Mr. Jacob sent some things yesterday that I didn't have a chance to circle back with them on, uh, but we're going to continue to look into it. And if there are issues, if we think anything heavy-handed is occurring, uh, we have three or four lawyers that are active. It's, it's just, as you know, a very difficult situation, and the right. ability to do things by the county is, is limited. All right. Thank you, Mr. Gapson, for all your work. We appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Moving on to item number 51. May I offer a rebuttal? Just Mr. a Mr. Jacobs, so you've had, no. your, you've had right. your chance. Thank well, you. I'm tired of hearing these lies. Thank you, sir. That's why I left. Sir. You asked please, sir, please, please. Thank you. Item 51, reading clerk. Item 51, motion A is a motion to authorize Director of Purchasing to award open end contract and approve agreement between Broward County and Low Bitter Westmoreland Protection Agency, Inc. for General Security Guard Services. Motion B is a motion to award open end contract and approve agreement between Broward County and Low Bitter Veterans Security Court of America, Inc. for General Security Guard Services. Motion C is a motion to approve Fifth Amendment to agreement between Broward County and G4S Secure Solutions USA, Inc., a subsidiary of Universal Protection Services, LLC, doing business as Allied Universal Security Services for General Security Guard Services. Motion D is a motion to approve Fifth Amendment to agreement between Broward County and Westmoreland Protection Agency, Inc., WPA, for, for General Security Services. Uh, four speakers have signed up to speak. The first is Drew Levine, followed by Nick Matthews. Mr. Levine, would you please come forward? Mr. Mayor, members of the commission, thank you. I have a big ask for you today. Um, for 31 years, I've been servicing Broward County as Wackenhut, as G4S, and now as the Chief Operating Officer for Allied Universal. We feel we know the county inside and out. Uh, we feel, more importantly, our people that service Broward Bus, the courthouses, all your other facilities, know this work inside and out. And we think we know it better than anyone else. My, my big ask for you today is to consider this process. Uh, we protested the process, and that process um, was den uh, the protest was denied. However, I'd just like you to consider for a moment, when Allied Universal bid this contract in 21, it was a two-step process. One was a technical ranking, the other was a cost ranking. We scored number one in both those processes, both technical and we were the lowest cost. At the same time, the living wage ordinance was being decided by this commission. So that was stayed, it was never awarded, and then it was put out again as a, as a bid, as a ITB. And in that circumstance, we, we were not the lowest bidder. But what we did do in the first go around was give you our lowest potential responsible markup, because this is really a wage benefit and markup uh, bid. And we, we, we had won, and then when the living wage came out, it was recompeted again. 
we feel that our, our lowest markup was then exposed and put us at a severe disadvantage. And, and why I am asking you to again take a look, you have three widely crazy prices. You have our price, you have the, the proposed awardee, and you have two other providers that in some cases are seven, eight, nine dollars an hour more than the lowest price. So there is inconsistency in this process, and it's for the same security officer, whether it be at the library, whether it be at Broward Bus, whether it be at the courthouse where we're protecting the, the, the sanctuary of the, of the process. And, and there, there are thousands and thousands of weapons that are, that are contraband that are caught every year. And as a security practitioner, my view is this needs a minute to better understand what the county's doing and to make sure you have the, the most qualified in every position you have and the prices are in line. So we, we, we firmly believe that based on the, the two-step process, we should have been given the opportunity to negotiate like we have in the past any living wage change because we were, the, although not, not the awardee, we were the highest ranked and the lowest price. Thank you, Mr. Levine. Thank you. Our next speaker. Matthews, good morning. Uh, good morning, Mayor. Uh, members of the Commission, Nick Matthews with the Becker Firm on behalf of the Westmoreland Protection Agency. Um, yesterday, we were really encouraged to see this on consent and hoped it wouldn't be terribly controversial because the vast majority of the issues that were just presented to you were rejected and denied in a protest um, letter. Your staff did a very thorough job of reviewing that protest and it was denied on Friday. Um, but to kind of add to the staff's denial of that protest, one of the issues that was just raged was a concern for employees. I'm happy to report that Westmoreland Protection Agency has signed a, um, a uh, labor peace agreement with SEIU. In there is a guarantee we're going to do everything we can possible to retain employees and make sure that people continue to make a living wage and continue to keep on their health care. That is a commitment we've made and we will stand by that. Um, another issue raised is the pricing of this. Uh, Westmoreland has contracts across the country, has been at Broward County for over 15 years. We know how to bid projects here. Um, in fact, we're the only CBE firm that has gone from CBE, graduated into a prime vendor. If anyone knows how to bid this in a way and keep working here and keep winning work here, it's someone who's gone through your CBE program. So they stand by their bid and their dollars on that. Um, and the last thing I, I, want, I want to make sure uh, Paul Spence from Westmoreland has an opportunity to re uh, introduce himself. One of the funky parts of this process, it, well not funky, it's probably for the, you know, for the best, is there is a cone of silence. So as a commission, you've heard about this bid for weeks or months now, and the firm that was recommended by staff, vet by staff, come and came in with a really competitive price, has not been able to introduce themselves and at least tell you their story. Um, I'm hoping that Paul will get up here in just a moment at least, so you can put a face to a name and, and understand that this is a homegrown company. Um, this is a veteran-owned, minority-owned company that has done right by its employees from the day one and will continue to do so. So rest assured, your employees that service the buildings in this county are in good hands. And uh, that's all I wanted to say. There, should, there is no impetus for a deferral or delaying. Please vote yes on the, the motion to award, uh, uh, I think it's A. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Matthews. Next speaker. The next speaker is Pam Johnson, followed by Paul Spence.
Ms. Johnson, come on down. Good morning, Mayor Fisher and Commissioners. I'm Pam Johnson, Vice President for Westmoreland Protection Agency. And Westmoreland Protection Agency has been providing security services to the county since 2007. Actually, we started, thanks to Mr. Drew Levine, when we became a subcontractor for the Wackenhut Corporation. Uh, we went on to become a CBE for the county and successfully in 2017 graduated the CBE program. Um, we have over 130 employees currently working for the county. Um, we have a uh, CBE firm lined up to work with us and we would love to continue working with Broward County. Uh, Paul Spence, when he introduces himself, will let you know that he is from Broward County. Westmoreland Protection Agency was born in Broward County. Westmoreland Protection Agency, myself, Mr. Spence, and the majority of our employees live in Broward County, and we do right by Broward County. Um, we thank you for your time, and I'd like to introduce Paul Spence. Mr. Spence. Good morning. My name is Paul Spence. I'm the owner for Westmoreland Protection Agency. As Pam stated, I'm a resident of Broward County. I was raised here. This is my county. I was raised here. I went to Laudio Paul Turner, Castle Hill Elementary, went on to Everglades Middle School, graduated from Nova High School. I joined the U.S. Army. I served in, uh, during the Gulf War era. I came home, attended Broward Community College, where I earned my A degree in business administration. I went on to the University of Central Florida, where I earned my BS, BA in accounting. When I graduated from UCF, I came back home and I worked for the Wagner Corporation. I started as a security guard and I left as an investigator. I started Westmoreland because uh, you heard at CIU and when I talked with them, I know what it's like to be a security guard. During my going to school at uh, Broward Community College, UCF, I worked security at night. Low wages, no health benefits, I know. So my mission was to start a company that would fix that. Uh, ironically, in 2003, you know, we, when we started, two years after in 2005, hooked on benefits, Sun Sentinel, February 15th. We were one of the only small businesses offering quality health insurance. We have been with Broward County for over 14 years, both as a CBE and as a prime, and we graduated the CBE program. Now we're here. We are here. Um, I know we probably shocked the world because you went from Wackenhut, the giant, then you went to G4S, then you went to Allied, Barton, and now Allied Universal. The small CBE Broward County firm beat them. That's why we're here. Um, it's a privilege and honor to have served Broward County. I hope to continue to serve Broward County. Again, this is kind of personal for me to me. My family's watching. I'm from here. The company was born here. I consider Broward Health, which used to be known as the North Broward Hospital District, to be the mother of Westmoreland because that's where it started. The opportunity happened at Broward Health. I consider Broward County to be the father because when you implement your CB program, you kind of open the door for Westmoreland. And to show you how powerful the CB program can be, by giving the CBE their own contract is very important. See, when we were subbing, when we tried to 
ask people to listen to our demo, as I'll call it, they want they want to pay attention. You know why? You do not administer the contract. You're a subcontractor. Now, when you put out the CB program as a prime, it changed and opened the doors. Today, Westmoreland. Do I stop? Just, just finish up, Mr. All right. Today, Westmoreland. We're in California, Indiana, Ohio, New York, Virginia. I'm a service disabled vet. My company is. Because of the Broward County CB program, we're now in this position. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Benz. Any further speakers? That concludes our public portion as far as the public. I'm just going to go to Ms. Sapera real quick if you need to make any comments and we'll have commission discussion. I'm sorry. Do um, you need to make any comments, Ms. Sapera? No. Okay, very good. Commission discussion? Anybody? Okay, is there a motion to approve? Motion to approve. Motion approved by Commissioner McKenzie, second by Commissioner Rogers. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 7-0. Thank you very much. Item 52 is a motion to discuss the affordable housing by Commissioner Rogers. But I wanted to add, this is my first opportunity to add my flair, my flavor to the conversation. South Florida, including Broward County, Miami-Dade, and Palm Beach, is the most cost-burdened metropolitan region. Number of households under 30% total gross income on housing in the nation when taken into consideration the gap between low wages and high cost of housing. Let me take a brief pause right now to share some of the things that I have observed as a commissioner in a city. So I think I'm really closer to the people and the what's happening than my colleagues right here. I know we have cities. But when you have a condominium, I was talking to Mr. Stone and your housing finance council and they're telling us that more condominiums are being sold than single-family homes here in Broward. And you're wondering why. Then I have to be concerned because I know the condominiums are not being managed the way they should. The maintenance companies are not being held accountable. The board members are challenged. They are refusing to allow for the community at large, even when you are approved and you're qualified and the banks have approved you, a board can decide not to accept your application. So we are talking about, when we are looking at housing, there are other actions that are creating the problems that we are having here in Broward County and throughout the country. When you have a mortgage product, like the reverse mortgage, that really ties the ends of um, the vendors, you can not qualify for the minor home repair program if you have a reverse mortgage. I don't know how many of you are aware of that. We need to take those items and those concerns into consideration. I know we have contracted with FIU to do a study, but if we are not dealing with certain issues and talking to the people, I'll always ask, when you're doing your surveys and your studies, are you actually 
talking to those that were impacted. Do you know how many have gone through your housing programs and yet still cannot find a home here in Broward County? How that is impacting your workforce? So I'm going to be, it's a, there's a dif deficiency and there are things that we can do and there are things that I believe that if you're allowing FIU to really dig deep, you need to include in the conversation. It is important that when we're having the conversation that we explore multifaceted approaches that strengthens and support the most vulnerable populations in Broward County. Yes, we need to increase supply and also need to look at how we can keep homeowners in their homes. We have tried some new things in a city that I just left. And I think we can go to that city and see what we are doing to help our seniors stay in their, their homes because they are on fixed income. So if that is not being looked at by FIU, then that is also a problem, creating another problem. We have to look at our seniors there getting older. Some do not have family members looking out for them, so they are stuck. And we have to see, can Broward County Housing purchase some of these properties that are being vacated? Or we need to monitor who is buying these condominiums in our communities to make sure local, um, those that reside here for a long time are able to purchase home. We need to look at what Canada has done, the restrictions, and I did mention that, I can't remember to whom, that we look into how Canada's dealing with um, their shortage in housing, how they have decided to limit investor purchase. I'm not saying we should not um, include investors, but we have to truly look forward and know what is creating the problems. People are still going to be coming to Broward County to live, work, and play. So we have to make sure we have the infrastructure in place for them. I'm excited about tackling this issue of affordable housing and through collaboration, Mr. Mayor, conversation and a focus on communities, true focus on community, true focus on creating a resolution and changing the direction we're going into. I know we can make a difference. So I just wanted to put that on the table. Housing will be one of those issues that I will be following and sharing my thoughts on. And I thank you for listening. And Commissioner Rogers, you have uh, multiple champions up here on this dais when it comes to the affordable housing opportunities. And Mr. Stone is doing an amazing job uh, throughout our community, throughout our county, too. So we welcome new ideas. We welcome new opportunities. Continue to share those with us as we can kind of dissect those and maybe make things better and continue to be better because it is a number one problem here in Broward County. So appreciate you on that. Mr. Mayor, can yes. I make one? Sure. I did ask Mr. Stone to look into what Canada has done. I don't know if he does have any response. Mr. Stone, did you have any response yet as you looked into the Canada issue as far as housing affordability? Mr. Stone, thank you. Uh, yes, sir. And the commissioner and I had a, a discussion yesterday for a while, and after that, I followed up with the county attorney. I think there there's some legal perspectives there also, but in effect, what Canada has done, and I believe it, it goes into effect in the new year, 
this year is there have a two-year ban on the purchase of homes in Canada by a, a foreign uh, person. So uh, that, 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 that's clearly a, a, a major uh, a legal and, and policy position on their part, which I think would be a, a, a stiff uh, lift in our country, in our state, but uh, I would uh, defer to the county attorney if he wants to make any other comments on that. Mr. Byers? Yes, and thank you, Mr. Stone. And, and uh, I know after the meeting that Ralph had with Commissioner Rogers, he reached out on a couple of points. Uh, we did some uh, quick and dirty research on what's happening in, as they say, up in Canada. And uh, we have uh, significant concerns with it, uh, issues under the state constitution, issues under the, uh, the federal constitution. Not saying it's impossible, but, and, and I didn't know that, uh, Commissioner Rogers, and I'm a, I used to be a frequent visitor to Canada and actually thought about buying a house there once. So it was news to me that this two-year moratorium's in effect. Federal governments have a lot more authority to do that, especially federal authorities that don't have some of the provisions that we have in our constitution, but it's something we can continue to study, and you did raise a number of other interesting things that already have us uh, working and analyzing. So thank you for that. Great. Thank you. Any further thank comments, you, Commissioner? Done. Thank Good. you very much. I know we had one speaker sign up for this item, but any further commission discussion first? Okay, can we hear from our public speaker? Rutledge Huckstep. Mr. Huckstep. Hi, how, how are you guys doing today? Um, I'm sure you guys see my face quite a lot, and you always ask yourself, what is this guy doing here? Um, so what I'm going to do is first request that in the future agenda, you guys give me some time to give a proper presentation. Um, affordable housing. How was, what I do is connected to that. We do affordable housing every day. You said com, um, condominiums and things of that nature are being sold. We're going to start building more and more apartments. When it comes to uh, affordable housing, we're not doing what we can. I'll just be honest with you. Um, Commissioner Michael, you said you care about people's safety. We're not doing enough, and I'll explain why. Um, they have a program called Section 3. We don't implement it enough. What is Section 3? It allows people to hire in that community and the projects. Prime example, we're related in South Miami. I put a program together. We hired 40 people in the community, got them trained, got them OSHA certified so they can work in the community, pay taxes in the community, and change their life. What are we doing to keep them out of affordable housing? It's easy to build places to put them there. Financial literacy, they're stuck there. No education, no, no home buyer education, nothing about the credit. Another problem, like I said, OSHA. Last year, 2021, 129 people died on the construction site. Everyone here has been on a ladder. Has anyone here watched a video on ladder safety? And I guarantee you, all of us have done something wrong. Last year, a 19-year-old with two days on the job fell to his death off a ladder here in Florida, South Miami. The gentleman, 46 years old, he got ultra trained in 1970. He got killed by a crane last year right here in South Miami. I mean, uh, right here in Florida, Broward. Let's be more uh, recent. A gentleman, 52 years old, fell down an elevator shaft. No OSHA training. 10 hours, 30 hours. It's simple math, but we're not implementing it. We say we care about people's safety, but we're not doing enough. It's not mandated here in Florida, and there's so much development, so much opportunity, but we're not sending our fathers home, our sisters home the right way. It's, it's a shame where you got to say, I may or may not see you because I'm going to work today. I went to a job site. I research all the time. I go past development sites all the time, no hard hats. Gentlemen, 20 stories up, no harnesses, no care for life. Why? Because there's no rules and regulations that's mandated here. There's only five states in the United States that don't have it mandated. Why is Florida not one of them? Because we don't care about the people that we love. 
we don't care about our fathers, our sisters, our mothers, our brothers. It sounds crazy to say it, but why are we not taking it seriously? So please allow me to give you further details in the near future. Thank you, Mr. Huckstep. And I believe my staff actually provided you the steps in which you can make a delegation request. They did, yes. And, you, and, you, and that gives you the opportunity to make a presentation based on working with the administration. Okay, perfect. Thank, Thank you, you Mr. Huckstep. So Thank you, sir. All right, any further public? I believe that's it. Any further discussion on this item? I didn't see any, so we're going to move on to our supplemental agenda, item 55. Item 55 is a motion to waive procurement code and authorize county administrator to select a vendor to perform a management study of, of BSO's operations of the regional communication system. No member of the public has signed up to speak. Thank you very much. Ms. Sapiro, do you want to introduce the item? Certainly. Um, as you all are aware, at the last commission meeting, um, there was uh, a conversation on uh, 911 and uh, the Fitch report and, and some other um, ancillary issues. So during that conversation, I believe it was uh, Commissioner Ryan. Ryan, who, which he's going to be stepping in right, right now. All right. Um, Commissioner Ryan had um, suggested uh, that there be a study done of the uh, performance uh, uh, and operation of the actual call centers uh, portion of that activity that BSO operates uh, for the county. So um, in order to do that in an expeditious fashion um, and have the board have an item in front of the board for your consideration to move forward with that, um, that's what item 55 represents. It spawned from that conversation last week and I committed to bringing an item for your guys' consideration, and that's what it is. Okay, I'm turn over to Commissioner Ryan, followed by Commissioner Udine. Thank you, Mayor. We spend uh, tens of millions of dollars, uh, you know, on, on our 911 system. I mean, with the amount that we, we contract out, um, the, for the most part, operations are are contracted out to Broward Sheriff's Office, and uh, they have a lot of, of uh, union employees that um, are trained and, and, and do a good job, but um, there's a lot of stress in the position of being a 911 uh, uh, you know, dispatch or a, a call intake operator. Um, there's been some discussion about um, whether there should be certain tiers of of um, you know scope of services and duties, and uh, uh, certain you know 911 calls you know they're diverted over you know immediately. Is it going to go to fire? Is it going to go to police? And is it going to be uh, something that is ends up being non-emergency, but is really an emergency in a person's life, and they need uh, you know uh, counseling or services and. Um, uh, we need to have qualified personnel that are able to address these issues. So um, one thing that we haven't done, I mean, we had a, a study done by Fitch in the update. Um, this is actually like the fifth phase of the study. Um, and this has been going on since, I think, 2017. Um, you know, there, it was a lot of uh, data, a lot of facts, uh, but a, uh, a real high-level management analysis was never really performed. The, the interaction and the dynamics of the uh, upper management uh, persons and, and how they deal with the uh, 911 operators and the supervisors is something that um, 
my feeling, and, and I believe this is shared by uh, uh, some others that uh, have expertise in this area, uh, would really uh, do well to have a, um, an independent third party do a, uh, you know, a, a quick study. When I'm talking about a quick study, I mean within 90 days, and uh, you know, the, the county administrator has certain uh, you know, uh, restrictions on how much can be um, contracted out you know, without um, a competitive bid. And uh, you know, within those confines, uh, I think this is a large enough issue. It gets uh, enough attention, both uh, politically and certainly from a public safety perspective, that I believe it warrants uh, this type of a study. I think it will do well for the county, and and the county has really, you know, been involved in in you know the infrastructure and the um, <coughs> uh, um, you know, security components of it, you know, for some time. And for the county to um, be be willing to say, listen, let's take a look at our own selves, you know, and not just um, you know who we're contracting with. You know, I, I thought that that was really a, a refreshing take from the county and one that I think that uh, we should take advantage of and, um, you know, and direct a, a high-level, um, uh, world-class um, business consulting organization uh, to provide, you know, those, those services for us. And, you know, there's a couple of them that I mentioned that are the largest in the world, and, and you know, they, they deal with, you know, contracts with the um, you know United States Department of Defense and and uh, huge uh, both governmental entities and also with uh, you know some of the largest uh, fortune 500 companies in the world uh, they've got a you know a, a proven track record of good results in management studies and, and you know they get the results that we need and I think that it's money well spent and I you know, I'm hopeful that the members will uh, authorize the county administrator to uh, to reach out and within her own discretion and within her budget constraints to uh, order this study. And this study would be uh, uh, contemporaneous and, and run a parallel path to the work in various areas <coughs> that were actually outlined in detail by uh, you know, by Commissioner Udine on uh, on how we can uh, you know uh, adopt uh, you know the the latest in, in technological um, you know improvements and uh, you know how that can be integrated into a uh, you know to a better system. But there's a uh, there, there's a person component that um, I, I think really needs to have that. Um, kind of like independent and fresh set of eyes uh, to provide some recommendations on best practices uh, that I think will do well for this county. So um, with that, you know, I um, in earnest, you know, ask for your uh, favorable consideration of the item. Very good. Commissioner Dean. So my comments on this, and I'm, I could agree with that, just not right this, at this time. And the reason that I say that is, I think it's a good idea to do this, but I think we need to at least quantify what we've done as far as the resources that we've put in with the people component at the sheriff's office who are contracting with us. 
and with the technological improvements that we have to make in the system. So Fitch was the expert on this. Um, and I think that once we can get the technology in place with the Viper technology so that they can do the pinpointing of locating where people are, and the technology that does the automatic callbacks, which is a huge, huge burden on the people that are sitting in those rooms, when we can make those improvements, I think that you're gonna see the issue of the morale of the employees start to improve. Couple that with the dollars that we've recently put in. I think Commissioner Furr probably brought it up last go around when we talked about the resources we put in there. The dollars that we put into the Sheriff's Office for the increase in the employment benefits and, and personnel and to fill these things, those haven't even really filtered through the system because the training period is so long. We're just starting to see those people rotate into the system. So I think to throw another management study on them right now, I think slows up from the real work that needs to be done that was outlined in the Fitch report. That, that's the first point. The second point about it is the employees of that group and the stakeholders that are involved with that are frustrated because of the quote unquote bureaucracy. But I had a nice conversation with Michael Ruiz on this the other day and he reminded me of the word bureaucracy. When the 31 municipalities came into this, when we, when we started this, kind of similar to what Commissioner Furr is doing now with the garbage and solid waste, the 39 municipalities, or 31 municipalities were only coming into this system if there was a system put in place for governance. And the, or, the ORT and that committee that they have is really a governance system. And I don't like how long that some of this takes, but when the city of Lauderdale Lakes wants to do something, and the city of Pembroke Pines wants to do something different in that umbrella. There needs to be a governance system that determines this. And when Sheriff Tony steps up there and says, if I have this whole thing, I'm just gonna make these decisions. That's contrary to what the cities told us when they came into the system. I agree it takes more time, but we need to be cognizant of that as we look at this. So my feeling is that, that what Commissioner Ryan recommends could be a possibility, but I think to do it right now, just as we started putting the dollars in, I think it's better to let this cake cook for a little while longer, and then we can make this issue of whether we need to do a management study to see, you know, because I think the Fitch report, we've already done this and outlines a lot of it. So I'm gonna respectfully vote no on this, but I could vote yes for it in the future if it was, if it's if it's something I see needed. Okay, Commissioner Furr. Thank you, I'm kind of- I have a question, please add got... me to the queue, Mr. Mayor. Will do, Senator, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm actually of the same mind of Commissioner Udine on this. I, I um, appreciate what Commissioner Ryan is putting forth here because I think the timing, I think there's a place for that. I don't think it's yet. I think we have to, I, much like what Udine, uh, Commissioner Udine has said, is we're, a lot of things are in place, a lot of things are being worked out. Um, the Fitch report is still just a draft. Um, and, and we're waiting to see how these other things go. The one part I wanted to add on this is, if we're going to be doing a management study, is you know, I, I think we need to work with the sheriff on this because this is a partnership. And if you're and if you know, it's kind of like asking someone to look over your shoulder to, if you're doing that. But this needs to be one where everybody is on the same page with it. There needs to be somebody saying, "I want you to look over my shoulder," you know what I mean? Because I want to be, I want to make it better. And when, when he does that and when we do that, I think we need to go into it 
with that kind of an attitude. Not like it's a, you know, somebody looking just to find a gotcha, but, it, but a, a real bona fide partnership effort. Let's do this together. Let's find somebody who can show, show us how to do, you know, the best practices and everything. That's the attitude I would like to go into it with because I think it'll make, make for whatever um, suggestions come out of it more amenable and more willing to, to take part of that. So I think there's an attitude part of that that we need to, to consider. Um, I like Commissioner Ryan's idea. I'm gonna, I'm gonna vote no to do it right now, but I'm gonna, but I am gonna, I, I think it's, it's, it's time and place is coming. Pretty good. Senator Geller. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, kind of a question, I guess, for the county administrator. I tend to agree with what um, uh, Commissioner Udine was saying, as well as Commissioner Furr, but I'm trying to get a handle as to what the full scope of this management study would be. Um, I want to make sure if we are doing something, we're not just duplicating what Fitch did. Um, I don't, are we talking about this study would be for purposes of deciding who's going to be um, running it, whether we're changing the method, or is this an internal study that we're looking at? Um, again, I, I do tend to think that what Commissioner Udian said made sense in terms of timing, because I'm assuming that all of the money that we are putting in, that we have put in, which hasn't yet fully worked its way through the system, will change things. I have repeatedly uh, raised objections about the uh, cities having the 911 operators as their main answering, um, and I understand that we're trying to work with the cities to fix that. Once we fix the automatic callback and the issue of not having uh, the 911 operators answering basically most of the phone calls for the city, I think there will be substantial changes. But I'm willing to consider what Commissioner Ryan is talking about if I understand the full scope of it. Uh, although, as I said, if I had to vote right now, I'm inclined to support Commissioner Udine and Fur. Can you elaborate on the scope, Madam Administrator? Go ahead. Yes, thank you, uh, Senator Geller. Um, so my understanding, based on the conversation last week, you know, it was not to duplicate anything that the Fitch report covered. This was strictly um, about kind of the call center um, operations, how they schedule, how they staff, how they um, supervise, how they hire, recruit, all of that. So it would be um, on that side of, this, of the equation. Um, and, and, and to Commissioner Furr's point, it certainly would need to be something that is done in collaboration and cooperation um, with the sheriff's office because they're his employees um, in that operation. Uh, that being said, you know, I wanted to bring this forward because um, I think that there could be some merit in, in doing this, and it's just a matter of um, if you have the will to do that as a body, then we certainly would be working with the sheriff on this. It would not be done unilaterally because we could not do that um, in a vacuum. So follow up um madam administrator the um what you've described i uh, may be something that can be done now 
Um, do you have an opinion? And you don't have to have one, but it, with the limited scope that you're talking about, is that something that we can do now, or would it be better, in your opinion, if we waited until we've eliminated the um, the issue of again the city's using uh, the the seven five four help as their main telephone number? Uh, we've eliminated the or we fixed the automatic callback, etc. <clears throat> or me, I don't want to do two studies. Uh, if we're going to do a study, would it be better to do that? in your opinion, after we have made these changes or right now? Yeah, Senator, I appreciate the question. I will tell you that um, it, it certainly is a policy decision. Um, I think that, like I just mentioned, I think there's benefit um, from doing an analysis like this. I also believe that the Fitch report has uh, a number of all recommendations that um, we can be implementing that also had some on the BSO side. Um, and with the funds that you all appropriated, and now we're at the tune of uh, about $58 million um, a year on that, on that contract for that service, um, you know, we, we, there is some work that needs to be done on the recruitment side. They've made a lot of progress, but we're still around 11 and a half, I believe, uh, percent of the vacancy rate. So we won't fully realize all of those um, changes until they have fully staffed up. That being said, um, again, whether we do it now or later, I think that, that the end result, there still could be some benefit to it. So it's just a matter of what the board um, chooses to do. I, I don't have a recommendation on the timing of that. Um, again, I do think there could be some value in it. Uh, Ms. Mayor, based upon the colloquy that we've had, I tend to agree with Commissioner Udin and Fur that uh, this would be better done, uh, the study, should be better done after we've made some fundamental changes uh, that we've already discussed that are underway, because otherwise I think we're going to have to do it again uh, at the conclusion of these studies, uh, excuse me, at the conclusion of these changes, such as the callback and the uh, changing of the city's practice. Therefore, I agree with Commissioner Udine and Fur on the timing. Thank, thank you, Senator. Uh, I don't know if any further discussion on the commission level I uh, just want to make a quick comment. I had come into this meeting supporting this item, but listening to the commission discussion, uh, maybe the timing isn't really not there quite yet. Um, so I'm counting um, that we can't get to five right now. So I don't know if we want to, uh, Commissioner McKenzie, do you want to say a couple of words on it? I just basically want to um, respectfully um, push it to a later date so that it doesn't impact uh, anything we're doing right now, uh, if it's okay with uh, Commissioner Ryan that we, we do that. I know you have spent time in, in your thoughts, and, and I don't want to um, disregard that, but uh, I would like for it to move forward, and if need be, we intercept it at a later date. Very good. I got Commissioner yeah, If it, if commissioner it appears Ryan. that the... Um, you know, the study is um, duplicative in nature at, at this point, then uh, I wouldn't be in favor of it. Uh, but I, I saw it actually being approached from a, uh, um, you know, a, a different um, outlook. And, uh, you know, perhaps, I mean, right now the, uh, 
you know, the majority of the commissioners are not there. So if you want to wait uh, a few months, but um, I don't know that, um, you know, we're going to see um, um, the type of changes that are um, um, really substantive um, unless uh, we're able to look at uh, a, a different, um, some different options on how um, management would um, would uh, would deal with the uh, with the employees under the um, myriad of, of various uh, scenarios and, and circumstances. I, I think it's too much like kind of like an, an in the box thing that um, well, if you have this technology, you know, if you have this equipment and you work these hours, um, you know, and, and we have sufficient. Uh, number of personnel, uh, you know, we're going to get the job done, and and I think there's more of a uh, of a uh, like a, a quantitative uh, um, analysis that that um, I'm, I'm not sure how you go about it, but I know that that companies that that do these type of um, you know management uh, reorganizations and um, you know look at um, you know, this whole interaction between management and, and the workforce, there are, uh, you know, certain dynamics in there that I think that are encountered in, in you know, the business world that I think would, would adopt themselves well to, uh, to these call centers. And so, um, you know, these type of, of national organizations, I think, have, have probably had, um, um, you know, interaction with with other organizations that do, uh, you know, you know, call centers and other large metropolitan areas and things like that. So, um, you know, I'm sensing that the board doesn't want to do it now. So, if you if you just want to keep it open minded, we can come back and look at it in a few months. I mean, if somebody you know announces, you know, we're really making a, a difference here, and they have some you know tangible data that will uh, you know support it. Then, uh, then perhaps the study will not be necessary. But um, I don't sense that to be the case. And you know, I guess from what I'm hearing, I'm you know, uh, kind of um, you know, resigned to to wait a few months and then picking it back up. Yeah. Commissioner Fern, thank you. I, I, yes, I, I mean, I do think that there's a few things that we I want to see what happens with. It. I want to see what happens with the, the dealing with the alarms. I want to look at what's happening with the the video. I want to see what's happening with staffing. I want to see what's happening with the diversion of the non-emergency, and just see if that help that makes a difference by itself. So, if, if I would be happy to make a motion to continue this, for because I don't want to vote it down. I don't. I you know I want to see this. Ha I probably want to see this happen at a later date. So I don't know if you want to do a motion to continue at a. And I'm and I'm I'm actually uh, thinking well, like to, to the candidate, hold on. what would be the appropriate motion so that we don't um, you know take it up for a final decision this this morning? You, you could either withdraw it or, or which is an administrative item, or it could just be deferred indefinitely and it can be brought yeah. back up when the timing is right. I, I prefer the latter. Yeah. Okay. I have I have one more commissioner to speak before that. Okay. Okay. Commissioner Rogers. Thank you. Mr. Mayor and colleagues, I'm listening to the conversation. I'm, I'm trying to have those memories come back from the last meeting and recognizing that 
There were things that specific that we identify that is currently being done. We heard about drop calls and what can be done to address those. We are hearing there are numbers of people that are being hired and they're being trained. How long is that training gonna be? All of that, when you bring in someone new to evaluate, they have to evaluate and take, and they must take into consideration some of the things that were addressed, things that were found to be defective and not being what we wanted to be. They need to look at what we did and how that is working. So I am in support of deferring for, because this, when you put something new in place, you have to check to see if it's working. And this would be that opportunity to do so. So. Thank you, Commissioner. That's where I stand. Thank you. So, Commissioner Ryan, you just want to make the motion to defer indefinitely until we look at it uh, in a few months and bring it back. I, I make that motion. There's a second. 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 Second by Commissioner McKenzie. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? To hear from Senator Geller, so I'm assuming it's a seven to zero. All right. It is. Thank you, Senator. Item 56. Okay, thank you. This is really more of an informational just item. Let's let her introduce the item. Real oh, quick. I'm sorry. Okay, okay, that's okay. Item 56 is a motion to discuss status of ongoing activities of the Solid Waste Working Group, a draft scope of services for a regional solid waste and recycling master plan, and the status of the proposed interlocal agreement. There you go. Commissioner Ferg, go ahead. Very well done. Um, this is more of an informational item, but I did want to bring back to the commission what has happened since um, the ILA was brought here, and the majority of the commission had numerous issues with it. I had numerous issues with it. Um, so it went back to the solid waste working group. And when it went back there, they recognized what this commission had said, they, that they, one, they weren't happy with the veto which I wasn't either. Um, and one of the reasons that that veto, that we had been insisting on the veto, um, and, and, and I'm looking at our legal group that's been part of this, um, was because we knew that there probably needed to be a master plan on the front end, as well as a facilities agreement. Um, given that, at the very next meeting, the Solid Waste Working Group regrouped, and the first plan of action was to let's get at, let's put out a scope of services of what a master plan would look like so the um, we asked our solid waste um, department as well as legal to come up with that in 30 days which is pretty quick <laughs> it's pretty quick and they rose to the challenge and they got there what you're doing you're seeing the scope of services for that um, and they did a great job of it I just got to tell you, you guys did a fantastic job of it. You're seeing not only what the scope of services would be for to hire that, but also what the expected costs were. And hopefully you all, everybody had a chance to look at that. And they were, as we had mentioned before, north of a billion dollars. A lot. Wow. It's a lot of money. Um, so that's what, that's what um, we looked at. Um, and it, it turned out that simultaneously, there were a couple of cities that were also feeling the same thing. They want to, and I don't blame them. They want to know what they can buy. They're getting into. Sure. You know, if you're going to be signing a, uh, uh, you know, your name on the dotted line to to be a big part of this, you really want to know what you're getting into. So that's what this is. This is also happening simultaneously while 
if you remember, the, the um, waste generation study is taking place now. Mm -hmm. what, are, what do these two things do? Why, why, what are they doing in common? The waste generation study is currently figuring out how much waste there is, where it's coming from, and how much is coming from residential, from a trailer park, from commercial, from all these different things. This part is the overall, how would you deal with all of that waste? Together, what they do is figure out what the assessment would be to help pay for all this. And, you know, this is not talking about governance structure. All this is talking about is how you would, how you would deal with the garbage, how, you know, dispose of it, okay. and where that may, might go. Where might those transfer stations be? Where might there be a recycling facility? Where would you do a glass recycling? Is there room in the equation to be working with other counties and doing all this? So at some point, we're going to want to put this out <clears throat> and, and find out, because they need to go together. We've all, we, like I said, we already have the WSG happening, the Waste Generation Study, WGS. This is going to need to go out, and this is this is not cheap all by itself. But we, I, my, I, we have budgeted for it. In my, you know, I think we asked for that in the. I'm looking at you. We did for the um, the the waste generation and right. and the waste composition. Okay. Study. Right. This is going to be regardless of what the governance structure is. This needs to be done. Because. Even, you know, if we ever decided, to, you know, if, the, if for whatever reason the ILA or the intergovernment wasn't working, we still need to do this. Mm -hmm. So regardless, um, we're going we're gonna to need to do this study. I wanted you all to see this, and if there's any, any consideration or concerns, I, want, I wanted to hear them on the, on the front end. Um, because what, what I think would probably, the next step would probably be this that we would, after you all have vetted it, and, and department heads and legal has and, and admin, that we probably want to go out with this with a, in, in the same kind of format that we did with the WSG. And in that, if you, if, I, if, I, if you recall, that's one where the county would do half and then the cities combined would do the other half. 50-50. Yeah. Um, and, then that, then we're, and then we're pretty much set up, much like what Commissioner Udine was talking about, with all the, you know, this whole thing of trying to pull cities together, the governance structure and all that, it's not an easy, you know, it's not, not easy. But this is a, a good faith effort, and I think um, I really want to thank admin for helping. This was a yeoman's job to get this done in 30 days. And, and with legal, putting it all, you know, vetting it all, they did a great job. But I ask you all take a good look at it. I think Ms. Shapiro has an answer for you, Commissioner. Okay. Clark. Just to clarify, and exactly what I, I said was accurate, what we have budgeted and what um, we had agreed to was 50% of both of those other two components, the waste generation okay. and the waste composition. This would be an additional okay. that has not been budgeted for the second part that you're referring okay. to, and we expect it maybe to be in the million-dollar range as right. well Correct. Um, for the full amount. But um, the, the construct that we had done in the past, as you well are aware, is that we had agreed to pay 50% of the cost of right, this. Right, right. I, I had thought that. Just wanted to clarify. Uh, no, that's fine, that's fine. And I had thought that we had put that in. I remember I asked for it, and I, and I didn't follow up on that. But hopefully there's, we can find something to make that happen, because it doesn't, it doesn't need to happen on the front end. 
Well, you anyway, guys, we'll talk you about guys that. Direct me for the, the first thing is to make sure that everybody's comfortable with what is on here, um, with what the, what these, what the what the facilities are, what the costs are, what the you know, what the direction is. So okay. I, I I throw it out to you all. Very good, Commissioner Rogers. Mr. Mayor, add me to the queue, please. Thank you, Senator. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, and <laughs> to my colleague. As it relates to the cost and the conversations you're having with cities through the Broward League of Cities, do you have anything in writing from cities as it relates to the Waste Generation Center and the cost associated? Do they know? Is it based on population or? I based know it has a based on population. Based on population, how do we know we have the support right now of cities? We have newly elected officials that are in we, cities. We have memorandum of understandings from every city. From every city, mm -hmm. okay, and except and for Lazy Lake. Lazy Lake. And in that, can I get them? Can't get them. I don't know. And in that, to continue, in that there is a cost that is assigned to each city. And there is a commitment as to when those funds should be available. I just wanted to know how, I know the county has that big deep pocket, but I'm trying to see where this. Ms. Sapiro says no, not in the deep pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to see how do we make sure there the was item is budgeted. We know there's a timeline for all of that to be done to, for this project to move forward. Want to make sure all of your partners are. Yeah, but let me make the distinction on this because sure. there there is an agreement in MOU with regard to the, with waste generation study, not with regard to this yet. Correct. This is this part's new. The memorandum of understanding has been kind of following following with all of these efforts ever since we uh, put a pause on the Alpha 250 of which we all own together. So it's it's been following along with it, and so far. There seems to be a, a coalition of the willing uh, to keep to keep going. Okay. Follow up, Mr. Mayor. Mm -hmm. Coalition as to willing, but mm -hmm. how does it relate to the funding? Is what I'm trying to get to to make sure county has theirs, cities, all 31 municipalities, right. or those that signed the, the document. They are and, and they all they all paid for the WGS, which is which is a similar amount of money. Similar. Same, similar amount of money, um, and I think you know most of this. I think most everybody recognizes that this is an investment. The reason why we're not paying for all of it, everybody needs to have a little skin in the game, is my feeling. And then second, the idea is this is a this is a way for cities and county to control costs in the long run, the long term, because we would be we would be running it and controlling it. Right. So that's you know, so cities if they're looking long term, this this is their investment in being part of that system, where they actually have can have you know some control of the system. Yes, and by the before you answer that, Commissioner Rogers, can can staff get Commissioner Rogers a breakdown of the cities and what they paid as far as that study, so she can have that. Certainly, especially with her cities and her district, so she can have that. Yeah, Thank good. you, Commissioner Rogers. I didn't mean to do that. I just <laughs> just, <think about. laughs> just trying to get one step ahead. And okay, Senator Geller.
Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Hold on one second. <coughs> okay. Commissioner um, so <laughs> Fur, at the um, I, I think I agree with what you've said. Uh, it's a little more difficult to follow not being there. Um, but I think that I'm in agreement. What I had previously said uh, at the last meeting that we discussed this was I was um, concerned, and I think that what we had to do is, uh, I think what you're doing now, that as opposed to signing an agreement and then working out the details, I think we needed to work out the details before we signed the agreement because I felt at the time that we needed to be full partners with the uh, cities, and that works both ways, though, that we should work out an operating agreement in advance and then say that any change to that agreement would require approval from both the cities and the county, and that um, if, you know, uh, some people say, well, you'll just deadlock. I think that that actually can also force compromises if there are any changes necessary later. Is that, I, I believe that that's the process that you have just described, but again, not being there, it's a little harder to follow. Is that the process that we're heading towards now? Yes. I, th I think you, um, you. I, I, I think you've had, or it seems to that you've you've had a, you've had some conversations with the chair of the solid waste working group because you're echoing his words and and they seem to be. Uh, you're, it sounds like you're on the same he script. From <laughs> me. Yeah, you're, you guys are neighbors, I know. <laughs> but, all right, yes, I, I, um, since we are not on the same body, I have had this discussion right. with them. And this is where you believe we're heading right now, correct? Yes, yes, I do. Thank you, Commissioner. And I think it's a better direction. Thank you, sir. You good, you good, Senator? Yes, sir. I keep going on to mute when I'm off so you don't hear the rest of my coughing. He's good. Is he good? Okay, I wasn't sure if he's good or not. Okay, Commissioner Ryan. The number that really jumped out at me was uh, this. Um, uh, the cost for um, the construction of a new, uh, you know, uh, waste energy plant, and it was, um, you know, in the neighborhood of about one billion dollars. Said we've got, um, you know, that existing uh, site, which is the, the south site over there, 441, just north of Griffin Road, um, and uh, what do they have? Three boilers there at this time, and. Uh, uh, I, I believe it, it's it's in like a uh, you know a, a five-year uh, uh, cycle where we um, you know the, the county owns that land, but um, Willowbrader um, you know operates those facilities, owns the actual you know the uh, the infrastructure, the boilers, and and operates the facility, but. Um, you know, these, these timelines, they've come up pretty fast, and, and where, maybe perhaps to the county attorney, you can 
give us an update on uh, where we are on discussions with uh, with Wheelerbrader on um, any kind of uh, you know a continuation of of you know the the operations there and and the uh, the cost you know for the tipping fee for the um, for the waste and uh, you know this capacity discussion where we're you know we have uh, uh, three boilers there but there's I guess um, you know the opportunity to go to a fourth boiler and then and then you're talking about you know I guess handling up to a million tons of waste annually um, so um, you know where are we on those discussions Drew can you uh, give us a quick update Mr. Yes. yes thank you mayor and, and Commissioner Ryan uh, and, and your your numbers I think are spot-on I think I, I always confuse boilers and burners I'm not sure exactly what it is it may be a boiler it's both, it's both. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's maybe it 700 something thousand tons right now and, and then they can raise it up to pretty close to a million uh, you're also right on your numbers we're on a five-year cycle this next uh, renewal uh, is starting I think July 3rd of next year and then we're only covered through July 2nd of 2028 and after that we have no commitment uh, on, on tipping fees or anything. During the next five years, we have a pretty good rate on tipping fees. Uh, there, there is opportunity out there. Uh, I know that Kevin is here, and I know that Kevin has been at the table. The lawyers have not been at the table uh, yet uh, as part of the discussions, but I think Kevin could probably tell you, uh, if, Monica, if that's... Yeah, and I was just going to ask Mr. Kelleher to come up because uh, he has been our representative and, and at the table for all of these conversations. Good morning, Mr. Keller. Morning. Uh, yes, Commissioner, you're, as Drew said, you're spot on. Uh, we, we're starting our, our second renewal in July of next year, 2023. That takes us to July of 2028. There is a, a final renewal that's at a mutual option. So that means both the county and the uh, Willebrader, or they're called Win Waste now, um, would have to agree to that. So right now we have that um, through 2028, that, that uh, renewal has already been effect, effectuated. Uh, one thing that is outstanding with that uh, renewal is that the transportation costs, because uh, they can only, they would, their commitment is for 1.3 million tons, but they can only burn 725,000 tons at the waste energy plant. So they're shipping 575,000 tons to an alternate facilities. Right now, they're eating the cost of that transportation. So that, that ends in, uh, at the end, in, in 20, the next uh, option, the next, in 2023, that goes away. So we're, right now, we're working with them on how we're going to handle that transportation uh, cost of that, which can be sizable based mm -hmm. on trucking it, because this is where they truck it out of the area. Right. One of the factors that I, th I think that we um, want to keep in consideration is um, you know we have these lofty goals about um, you know 75% uh, recycling, and we're we're pretty low right now. I don't know if we're it's like somewhere it's around 30% something like that. And um, um, do we have um, available or um, are there are there sites that are perhaps privately owned that are available? Um, you know for the um, you know construction of uh, recycling facilities here in Broward County? 
Well, and, and again, your numbers are spot on. We're probably around 30% right now uh, for, for recycling. Um, now, privately owned, uh, as you may recall, waste management is uh, in the process of doing a uh, recycling materials facility plant at their rooters in, in Pines. Right. Uh, that's a couple, and that's going to be a state of the art, um, and that's a couple of years away, if I, if I recall. Um, I'm not aware of any other large privately owned that are doing recycling. Okay. All right. Hold on, Commissioner Ryan. You, you finished? No, that, that, those are my questions. Okay. Commissioner Furr? Yeah. A couple of things that just to emphasize the fact that right now we can't handle the amount of at the burners, how much is coming in. Hmm. We, have, we have, I think, 1.3. So we're short right now 600,000. That are having to go to landfills, hundreds of miles away, the, you know the, all the emissions on that. Don't you don't want to get it, get into that? Um, the Alpha 250 could be a place where we could do. If you're asking where we could do a much like what waste man, management is, is doing at Reuters, the Alpha 250 would be a could be a place for that. So we already own it together collectively. I, think, I, I don't know how many acres are there, but I, I did ask for waste management how many acres they're using. They're using around four acres um, for their at their new at the new plant they're about to do. So I know Alpha 250 is bigger than that. So th that's that's an option as well. Okay. Any further discussion on this item? Uh, seeing none, we're going to move on to our reports, and we're going to begin with uh, Senator Geller. Do you have a report? Yes, I'm sick. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Senator, thank you. Uh, yes, Kevin, you want to say a few yeah, words? Yeah, just for clarification purposes, while our commitment with wind waste or wheel abrader is 1.3 million right now, the commitments <coughs> that we have from the cities brings us up to uh, 1 million. So we're still, the Delta is still about 275, 300,000 uh, tons that are shipping. It's not the full 600. I just wanted the record to be clear. Very good. So prayers with you, Senator Geller, for, uh, for getting better. Commissioner McKenzie, report. Thank you, sir. Okay. No. Commissioner Ryan. Um, I wanted to mention um, the um, Southeast Florida uh, Climate Summit that we had this past week. I know that uh, Commissioner Furr was, was very active in the um, uh, several day event. I know our county administrator was uh, kind of kicked it off on Wednesday night and, um, and Thursday morning, of course, the mayor was there for some opening remarks. Um, I was fortunate enough to uh, present on Friday morning and um, um, introduced um, a gentleman uh, by the name of uh, Rafe Pomerantz, who was the uh, Deputy uh, Secretary of State in the Clinton administration in the area of development and environment um, and had uh, really some, um, you know, somewhat distressing news about what's happening with the, um, you know, the um, Greenland uh, ice cap um, in the, you know, in the Arctic Circle, the Antarctica Circle and, and how much these large sheets of ice are just breaking off and uh, it's, it's got some consequences about significant uh, sea level rise. So, in addition to you know the discussions on climate change, 
there's also, you know, a, an important discussion about how much of, of sea level rise, you know, can we withstand here in the state of Florida? I mean, we've had, I guess, in the last century about a foot, but we're, we're looking at the possibility of another foot in, in the upcoming, you know, 30 years. And uh, that has a lot of, lot of negative impacts with regard to our, uh, you know, our water sewer systems, uh, saltwater intrusion, uh, our, um, you know, windstorm uh, insurance rates. Of course, we got the legislature that's in special session right now. So there's a lot to be done, and I think it's more than just what are our, um, you know, resiliency strategies, but um, there has to be this discussion about, you know, I don't know if it's now, you know, we're still looking at a, a carbon tax or, or how to address it, but um, we've got to, you know, significantly reduce um, carbon dioxide uh, emissions, um, greenhouse gases. So, I mean, you know, most everybody knows about it, but um, on the, uh, on kind of on the um, um, optimistic side, we had a nice discussion about uh, renewable sources and more than just, you know, wind and, and solar. And there was discussion about, um, you know, ocean currents and where we are on the uh, research and, and uh, development and uh, the various studies in this area, and I think that uh, FAU is planning on a, a significant role going forward in trying to bring down uh, uh, federal grant money for studies in this area. And you know, of course, we have the uh, FAU School of Oceanography that um, you know is perfectly poised to uh, to engage in those studies. And uh, you know, if we are able to you know harness the, some of the ocean currents in the Gulf Stream. I mean, you're talking about a, a renewable resource that, you know, you know, doesn't use um, uh, a, a lot of energy to produce that that um, you know um, that electrical force. So, anyways, I, I just want to say uh, to uh, to Dr. Hirado, I mean, I thought she did a fantastic job. The quality of the persons that were, um, you know, on the various panels was just amazing. Uh, international experts and uh, you know a lot of the top uh, uh, experts in uh, you know in transportation and in housing and everything else uh, throughout the state and, and the United States also so uh, many kudos to her I think it was a job well done and and also thank you to Commissioner Furr and uh, of course to the mayor for uh, for his encouraging remarks thank you Commissioner Dean very quickly, I just want to <clears throat> mention that Norse Airways now has a second direct flight in from FLL. They're going to Berlin now, so they started with Norway, now they're at Berlin. I have a feeling within the next few quarters we'll hear of, of another direct flight from FLL to continental Europe. So big win as the airport grows with international uh, flights. Second. Public thank you to Richard Tornese. I, I saw him sneak out of here early, and I did not want to pull that item from the agenda. He said at the workshop he was going to get Locks Road done. He got Locks Road funded and moved up. The MPO voted on the other day. We voted on it today. Way to go, Tornese. You the man. And <laughs> lastly, I just want to wish everyone a happy holiday. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Furr? You the man. You the man. <laughs> thank you. I, I'm just going to echo a lot of what Commissioner Ryan said. First of all, I thought you did great on your panel. Uh, 
with Mr. Pomerantz. Good point counterpoint yeah. there. But he that he was great. He was a, a great speaker. Really a brilliant man. Yeah. He, he was a, one of the, I think he helped doing the negotiations for the first COP one, when all the mm -hmm. United Nations meet on that. Uh, but uh, Broward County has a lot to be proud of on this on this summit, and Miami-Dade is going to have a hard time <laughs> matching what you know what what we did, because those those panels were as good as as good as you get, and you had people from all over, from Japan, from Netherlands, from Rotterdam, from everywhere. It was just it was just really well done. Dr. Harada just did a, and and the entire staff did a fantastic job. We did give uh, Jason Lichty a uh, Jason Lichty day. <laughs> uh, at the very end, because uh, he he had been a big part of that as well, and we wish him well. Um, the good news that came along with that was at the same time that was happening was that the National um, Defense Authorization Act was also authorizing, finally, the Central and Southern Florida um, Flood Project, the study for that. It's only $2 million dollars. But it's, it at least gets that going. I did ask at the conference, the South Florida Water Management District, if they would consider, because the next, the next part's going to cost the probably about a billion. Mm. And so the South Florida Water Management has kept their, their tax rate steady for 10 years instead of trying to build up reserves to do that. So we did, we did ask them, or at least I did. <laughs> um, the other thing is what was in that national... Um, Authorization Act was the Resilience, Resilient Reefs Act, which has been looking to be reauthorized re for over 20 years. Finally, and that has been a huge push by not only this county, the Compact, um, various environmental coalitions, and that finally got um, got over the got over the hurdle. As did money for the port, which was. It was it was kind of like a. It was it was fully funded, and that was announced yeah. by uh, Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Yes. The, the latest word of bill that came out right. had the appropriation yep. for the deepening and widening of the of the port. Can you believe it? She it took twenty years. <laughs> she did it. She did a great job this year. She did, all, and you got to give a lot of credit to Lois Frankel, who yep. was also yep. very yep. active in, for years in that. Yep. All, all of them were. It was a combined effort, and and it's. All of all of the things we've been trying to to get done for a number of years. So it's it's been a good month. So with that, um, happy holidays to everybody. Very good, Commissioner Rogers. Thank you, Mr. Chair. And my, I just wanted to share. I, I'm not sure if you all are aware that at the Central Broward Regional Park, we are hosting the cricket tournament. Today they closed today over ten days. They I believe they were at the stadium and they're bragging on 250 players being here, participating in that event. Their final activity is at between two and three o'clock and they said they know you're not busy and I should make sure you follow me to the regional park <laughs> so they could say hello, you could meet their guest. But they are proud of the fact that they're putting heads in beds they're proud of the fact that they're creating opportunity for small businesses here in Broward County. And the reports will be following, they will be sharing that information. So we understand that the cricket stadium is being utilized for the purposes intended. 
that cricket infrastructure that you have there. So they brag on restaurants benefiting, shops are benefiting, the small businesses are benefiting, and they also had students um, that were able to attend the games. Good. So they will continue to promote cricket and also look forward to seeing you. And between two and three today, if you can sneak over Mayor while you head up north, <laughs> it's, we're centrally located here in Broward County. Looking forward, if you can make it, anyone to pop in. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, and that's it. Happy holidays to everyone, and get some rest. And to my colleague, who is not feeling well, mm -hmm. rest is what the cure will bring. Yes, true yes. that. Thank you. Mr. Melton, anything? Just wanted to wish everyone a blessed and joyous holiday season. Ms. Shapiro, any reports? Yes, th thank you, and um, I wanted to thank all the commissioners uh, that uh, participated in the summit. Um, and, and again, I, I, you know, you heard all the, the kudos to Dr. Gerardo. Um, I was uh, continued to be astounded by um, every single panel. I think everybody that spoke had to um, sing the praises of Dr. Gerardo and the team, and, and it was a heavy lift. Um, but they got it done, and I think there, I don't know how any other county can match up to what we put on um, in the last uh, week. And, and um, Jennifer and I, and I, I will say this because we both chuckled this weekend about how much work and you know was going on behind the scenes and the elevated stature of Broward County. And then over the weekend, she was uh, um, uh, you know washing her car, and I was putting away Christmas boxes, and we had to chuckle about the dichotomy of our of the last couple of days. But um, uh, I'm really, really proud of our, our team, and um, thank you for all of your support, uh, continued support, because we could not do that without your leadership, um, truly. It, it comes from this board and, and the commitment that you have uh, to the environment um, and the importance that it's placed there. So thank you for that. Um, and I did get a chance to have some good conversation with Colonel Booth. Uh, from the core um, that came out of um, after some of those panels and, and conversations. So um, appreciate that. Lastly, I just wanted to um, um, remind everyone one of our, our favorite um, annual holiday uh, traditions at the county is the holiday fantasy of lights. It's back at Trade Winds yes. Park to remind everyone uh, on Coconut Creek. Um, three mile route uh, has a lot of uh, static and animated light uh, displays, and it's a great way to, to get into the holiday spirit. Um, and uh, so you can go on to Broward.org forward slash parks, get some more information, get your tickets, and have fun with the family. And happy holidays to everyone. Thank you. Yeah. Mr. Myers. Thank you, Mayor. I uh, also want to uh, wish those who are not feeling 100% a prompt return to, to full health uh, as soon as possible. There seem to be a lot of things going around, and uh, even I was masked up a lot of today, uh, not, not just worried about COVID these days. But uh, for everyone not feeling well, I hope they feel well very soon. And uh, I hope everybody has a fantastic holiday. It's a nice uh, recess this year, which I know for staff means uh, we get a little, a little bit of a real break. Uh, <laughs> and I, I sure am uh, looking forward to mine. But uh, be well, everyone, and happy and healthy new year and happy holidays. All right, as I wrap up here, um, just want a couple announcements. The first one is the canvassing board, which Commissioner Dean is very familiar with this. Canvassing board will begin preparing for the March municipal elections on February the 20th. The county attorney informs me that the state law says that the mayor is the county commission's representative on the canvassing board unless the mayor is unable to serve. And of course, I will be able to serve in that capacity. 
and the county attorney also informs me that I should appoint alternate member, and unless the vice mayor is unable to serve, she is appointed as the alternate at this time. A couple other things were interesting that I uh, was able to celebrate a gentleman's 110th birthday. Mr. Willie Clark uh, is in Pompano Beach and um, actually has long ties with my family for many years ago, but uh, yeah, I can remember celebrating as the mayor of Pompano Beach his 100th. And so we did a drive-by and everybody, the firefighters came over and the police came by a drive-by and actually was able to stop and give him a proclamation <laughs> to his beautiful family as he sat outside. Uh, so congratulations, Willie Clark, for your, your celebration. And actually, I'm going to announce this probably for Senator Geller because his voice is not there. But uh, the Broward County's Cultural Division is hosting the opening of the first ever Cultural Division exhibition at Gallery 6, which is on the sixth floor of the main library called Creative Culture, featuring art created by several Cultural Division employees. And you can attend the opening this Wednesday, December the 14th from 4 to 6 p.m., or you can visit during the library's public hours through December the 30th. And again, Senator Geller's our cultural guru as he sits and chairs that board. And last but not least, happy holidays, everybody. Uh, our next meeting will be January the 24th, and so 2023, so uh, so rest up, but also I'm sure all of us will be working uh, during the holidays, but hopefully we get some time off with our families to enjoy what uh, what the holidays are all about. So God bless everybody. This meeting is adjourned. Thank you.